0: This is an RNZ podcast. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. And before we launch into the show, the final Oscar-driven wrap-up of 2019, I'd like to thank Dan Slevin for his thorough and expert analysis over the past couple of weeks. Mind you, he's had some terrific films to cast his eye on. These days, many of the most interesting films come out during the holidays, all targeting the second week of February, the Academy Awards. (laughs) We never imagined this to ever happen, we are so happy. The day after, inevitably, they all seem rather less important. I struggle to remember the big winners of the past decade The Green Book, Moonlight, The Artist, Argo, and the rest. Will they really be remembered as the defining movies of the 2010s? Argo, science fantasy adventure, Moonscape, Mars, Desert. You need an exotic location to shoot. You need a producer. If I'm doing a fake movie, it's going to be a fake hit. You do have a better bad idea than this? This is the best bad idea we have, sir, by far. In fact, the really significant movies of any era are judged by posterity, not by the Motion Pictures Academy voters of the day. But the Oscars are often a very accurate snapshot of what's going on right now. So were there any big surprises among this week's winners and losers? And the Oscar goes to... Parasite. The big winner, obviously, was South Korean director Bong Joon-ho's all-conquering comic fable Parasite, which picked up not only Best Film and Best Director, but also Best International Film and Best Original Script. In fact, you could argue that these were very good Academy Awards for that much-vaunted diversity. Taika Waititi. <laughs> Jojo Rabbit. This is really great and I dedicate this to uh, all the indigenous kids in the world who uh, want to, uh, to do art and dance and write stories. We are the original storytellers and uh, we can uh, make it here as well. Thank you. Kia <laughs> Taika Waititi stood up for indigenous people around the world by winning the Best Adapted Script Oscar for Jojo Rabbit. And another small blow for diversity was struck by the winner for Best Score. The composer of the soundtrack for Joker was both Icelandic and a woman. Hilda Dutta, two firsts in this category. You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. The acting awards went pretty much the way of the betting. Joaquin Phoenix as Joker, Renee Zellweger as Judy Garland, with popular stars Brad Pitt and Laura Dern finally getting their dues in, respectively, Once Upon a Time in America and Marriage Story. And, you know, some say never meet your heroes, but I say if you're really blessed, you get them as your parents... I share this with my acting heroes, my legends, Diane Ladd and Bruce Dern. One of the big losers on the night was Netflix. Despite nearly 20 nominations for The Irishman, Marriage Story, and The Two Popes, Laura Dern's Best Supporting Actress award was the streaming giant's sole tangible reward. Once again, director Martin Scorsese, despite regular name checks throughout the evening as one of the world's greatest filmmakers, failed to convert a single one of the Irishman's ten nominations to a win. It's over. They're all gone. Frank, it's time. It's time you say what happened. Personally, I expected 1917 to do slightly better than its three Academy Awards, and I was sorry little women had to make do with just the consolation prize of best costumes. But in many ways, these were classic Oscars, totally predictable for ages, with a surprise sting in the tail. A strong argument against all the complaints about the conservative nature of the Hollywood Academy. Renee Zellweger. When we celebrate our heroes, we, um, you know, we're reminded of who we are uh, as one people. While the Oscars may have had a decidedly male bias, 2019 featured far more women-driven successes than usual, from Captain Marvel and Frozen 2 to Booksmart and Greta Gerwig's Little Women. And this week offers three more titles favouring the female, DC Comics' all-girl gangsters, Birds of Prey, a very French second-time lucky romance, La Belle Epoque, and first, the Oscar-nominated war documentary, Fasama. (laughs) <laughs> Calling Syrian filmmaker Wad al Katiab's movie a war documentary is a little reductive. Certainly her Forsama is a diary of the events from 2011 when a student protest against President Bashar al-Assad's regime turned into a deadly civil war to the destruction of the city of Aleppo five years later. But it's also an account of the people who remained there in appalling conditions, often mothers, wives, and children. It's the story of a political movement overcome by brute force. It's a coming of age story. White had no idea how to make films when she started and ended up walking the world's most prestigious red carpets. And above all, it's a love story. Ward was a would-be journalist when she began clumsily covering the events of the student rebellion on her cell phone. She was drawn to the heroic efforts of the hospitals in Aleppo, treating the wounded despite rapidly dwindling resources. And the most heroic doctor seemed to be the decent, self-effacing Hamza al-Kateab. Hamza is an unlikely movie star, a bit pudgy, a bit geeky, but he refuses to quit, no matter what Bashar, his army, and later the Russian Air Force throw at him and his work. We see him through the eyes of a love-struck student, of course, but when Hamza and Wad get married, it's a moment of light in the middle of a blitzkrieg. And make no mistake, what happened in Aleppo were war crimes. The government forces began deliberately targeting hospitals, it seems. So why didn't Wad and Hamza el Katiab not get out earlier? It's a question Wad asks throughout Sama, without any satisfactory answer, other than the unfashionable phrase these days, it was the right thing to do. <laughs> Hamza, I'm سما. Summer. Summer. <sighs> When Ward has a baby daughter, Sama, the Sama this film was made and named for, it doesn't slow her down. By 2016, she's progressed from her old cell phone to a real professional camera, mostly funded by Britain's Channel Four, who use her reports on their news programs. Sama, I'm film I want you it This is the sharp end of citizen journalism and what Wired's reports from the front line may lack in traditional objectivity, they gain in access to some of the most touching, horrifying and authentic scenes of this terrible civil war. Most of the time, the people Wired films, often with baby Summer strapped to her back, encourage her work. Shoot, this screams a distraught mother of a dying child. You have to show the world. But, sadly, the world mostly stayed out of Syria. Was it because of that cynical expression, compassion fatigue, one too many world disasters to cope with? Or was it because the West had been burned too often whenever they butted into other conflicts in that part of the world? Complicating matters is the presence of Islamic extremists like ISIS joining the fight against Bashar. With friends like them, implies this film, it adds one more appalling set of enemies. <laughs> The film for Sama is simply amazing, not least because Wad, Hamza and Sama got out with their lives and that with the help of Channel 4 director Edward Watts, it was shaped into such a gripping film. It deserves all the many awards it gets, of course, and it shames the nation where it was shot. How do these people sleep, you wonder? Sama. had Sam Haney. One of the big questions on the lips of hardly any women I know is why shouldn't women make big, violent comic book movies too? I mean, no reason at all, except why would they want to? I might be the one person in the movie-going world who's getting good and sick of these garish, pointless blockbusters, but I suspect not. Can I help you? Why, yes, yes, you can. I'm here to report a terrible crime. And what terrible crime is that? This one. However, you can't argue with the box office, and the fact is Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel, the various female Avengers, and Harley Quinn, the one good thing in the dismal suicide squad a few years ago, have dictated this is the direction the big studios are going. Me too, to coin a phrase. But it turns out... He isn't the only Damon Gotham looking for emancipation. DC Comics' Suicide Squad was supposed to be the light-hearted riposte to the expected blockbuster Justice League, a group of male baddies pitched against a group of male goodies. Well, that didn't happen. Both films ran into a ditch apart from two unexpected breakout stars, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman and former neighbour star Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. And soon enough, I was back on my feet ready to embrace the fierce goddess within. (laughs) To the credit of the usually hapless DC Comics movie department, they saw which way the wind was blowing and gave each of them their own movies. In the case of Birds of Prey, subtitled The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie is also the film's producer. Psychologically speaking, vengeance rarely brings the catharsis we hope for. Yeah. Are we ready? You blow up, you blow up. The cast and crew of Birds of Prey are almost entirely female. Journey Women director and writer Kathy Yan and Christina Hodson and the five members of the ad hoc Hitwoman squad nicknamed the Birds of Prey. But there's no question whose show this is and whose it isn't. Quick history lesson. This all started when the Joker and I broke up. It was completely mutual. Suicide Squad's Joker, played by the annoying Jared Leto, didn't exactly cover himself with glory. And you can hear the glee when Birds of Prey points out at the start that Harley Quinn and Mr. J are no longer an item. Now it seems Harley is cast adrift in the criminal underworld with no protection. You know what a Harlequin is? A Harlequin's role is to serve. It's nothing without a master. No one gives two shits who we are beyond that. I'm not sure that's precisely what the traditional Harley Quinn is, but let it pass. The story opens with Harley, all painted face, broken high heels and random tattoos, on the run from the various bad guys and gals she's wronged recently. It's oh. So quiet. Now that i cut ties with Mr. J, I'm about to learn that a lot of people You're want me dead. alone. And at the top of that list is this guy. I'm so It turns out there are other women anxious to get out from under, too, all itching to join forces to take on the bad guys. Women like busy singer Black Canary, who also drives gangsters limousines and acts as a police informant between gigs. He's after all of us. The kid just robbed him. You betrayed him. You killed his BFF. What? You are so cool. There's disgruntled cop Rene Montoya, sick of the guys taking all the credit. There's Cass, a teenage Asian pickpocket, and Huntress, played by the delightfully out-of-step Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And you're dumb enough to be building a case against him. So unless we all want to die, very unpleasant death, we're gonna have to work together. Sure. Leading the bad guys and representing the LGBTQ community, because why not, is Roman, played by Ewan McGregor and his significant other, Mr Z. Their hobby is capturing people and stripping their faces off. Yes, this is definitely a DC Comics movie. (laughs) It's dumb, it's far too violent, the story takes off in so many directions it often resembles herding birds of prey. And there's no real reason to make it, except, I'm sorry to say, this is the only sort of film that Hollywood understands and respects right now. Spectacular news! Can women make big, stupid, reasonably profitable tentpole movies like Birds of Prey? Sure they can. Here's one. So how many more do they have to make before they're allowed to make something better? Oh, fall in love. oh shit, is that a hyena in a bathtub? I named him Bruce after that hunky Wayne guy. <laughs> Martin Scorsese created a stir recently when he confessed that he didn't see the point of comic book movies. He called them theme parks, not cinema. He possibly got rather more support for those views across the Atlantic than he did at home. If you deviez revivre une époque, you la i I'm still with my wife. No doubt the French make some comic book-type films as well as the occasional sequel and remake, but generally their filmmakers concentrate on cinema and leave the theme parks to the Americans. In some respects, that's one of the themes of feel-good romantic comedy La Belle Époque. Cher Monsieur Drummond, votre fils et moi serions très honorés de vous offrir la soirée de votre choix dans le cadre des Voyageurs du Temps. Don't be fooled, as I was initially, by the title, which promised a trip back in time to the famous golden age of Paris, circa 1880. It's not that sort of time travel, though. The start of this film may bamboozle you as much as it does unemployed cartoonist Victor Drummond, played by the great Daniel Day. It seems to be a champagne dinner hosted by one of the King Louis and demonstrating the perversity, sexism and racism that some French men are still apparently nostalgic for. Suddenly, a modern gang of gunmen break into what's revealed to be a role-playing game for the idle rich. They're about to be robbed. Or are they Il y avait de la pluie, je crois. Les il n'y avait pas de pluie, le premier soir, on s'en fout. venu quand même. Je vous remercie. Je suis juste venu chercher quelques affaires. Attends its all actually a film script written by Victor's son. the inflexibly old school Victor doesn't get it, but he doesn't get most things these days: postmodern irony, streaming services online, all the new technology that 's put him out of work. He's a complete luddite, according to his impatient technophile wife Marianne, played by another old favorite, the fiery Fanny Ardon ça s'appelle une chambre d'amis vu qu'on n'a plus d'amis t'as qu'à dormir ici si tant est qu'on soit amis tu veux plus qu'on dorme ensemble non j'ai l'impression de vieillir plus vite quand je m'endors à côté de toi The marriage is on its last legs, it seems, with Marianne embracing the future and Victor trapped in the past. And he's offered a chance to return there in person. It seems the historic game organisation time travel is a real thing. Clients pick a period, a group of actors research it, and offer a night in the time and place of their choosing. Given a complimentary time trip by his son, Victor selects a very specific time and place. Lyon, May the 16th, 1974, at a cafe called, what else? La Belle Epoque. The place where the young Victor met the love of his life, Marianne. Concerning Epoque, vous avez une Le 16 mai 74. Bonjour, Monsieur Drummond. The man charged with orchestrating this moment is theatrical entrepreneur Antoine. And fortunately for Antoine, Victor has already illustrated the night in question in that very French idea of the comic book, the adult graphic novel. And the woman chosen to play the young Marianne is none other than Antoine's old girlfriend, Margot. Et vous? Moi? Moi, je vous dois tout. Mademoiselle. Antoine and Margot, to add a little Gallic spice to events, are going through a messy split, but they can't quite seem to cut the cord. Meanwhile, Margot proves so talented and empathetic playing the young Marianne that inevitably Victor finds himself falling in love with her all over again. Je dirais que vous êtes né à Grenoble, non You vous me connaissez très 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 bien. Ah, si vous saviez. Viens. Allez viens, elle sent plus la lumière. There's more needless to say to French writer director Nicolas Bedo's fiendishly cunning script, but it's never clever at the expense of a heartfelt sweetness that the French do so well, despite their claims of hard-nosed sophistication. Je sais pas ce qui vous attend, je sais pas ce qui va se passer but... It's a film that's almost custom designed for jaded couples' date nights, though I recommend you book early for La Belle Époque. You may find that any spare seats will have been snapped up by quite a few singles. And as the year 2020 starts proper with the end of the award season, it's time to go. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President, and this is Crunchyroll Presents the Anime Effect.